I'm Monica Schmelter, and I'm glad that you could join us for Bridges today. Today, we're going to study God's Word, and we are going to talk about love, betrayal, and the truth. And I will start out today by reading out of John chapter 13, and I'll read from the New Living Translation. And it says there, Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them till the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. So in just those first few passages of Scripture, and passages probably that most of us have heard before, and we skim over to get to the foot washing, and yet there's a lot of substance in the verses that I just read. For example, just the line, just before the Passover. The Passover, for them, is a monumental occasion, right? The Passover is that celebration of the Jewish people, their exodus out of Egypt. So it's a huge event. This is something that in Bible days at this time, uh, anyone that was Jewish would look forward to the Passover. It's monumental. It's not um, the same as the holiday that we would call Christmas. But if you think about Christmas for most of us, it's a big occasion. It's a holiday. It's something that we look forward to. We plan, we prepare. And it's no different for Jesus and his disciples. This Passover is a big event. It's a big tradition. It has spiritual significance. And then the passage where it says Jesus knew that his time was at hand. For Jesus, this moment in his ministry, and remember, he's walking as fully God and fully man, which is hard for us as human beings to understand, but Jesus was 100% the Son of God, and he laid aside his deity while he was on earth to walk 100% as man. So when we hear that passage, that he knew his hour was at hand, this means that he knows, he recognizes that the time of his arrest, of his crucifixion is coming. And you can imagine like I can imagine, if we knew that we were going to be arrested and beaten and crucified, that would be stressful. It would be a lot of angst. Think about for us a, a big event, like a happy event, like a marriage or perhaps surgery, right? If our time is at hand for the marriage or our time is at hand for the surgery, there's all of that emotion that goes along with that. So as we look today at love, betrayal, and the truth, before we even get to the foot washing and all that that recommends, uh, all that that represents, let's consider Jesus for a moment and his disciples, the preparation in advance of Passover, all of that that they're looking forward to, Jesus knowing my time is at hand, like this ministry here on earth is coming to an end. And you will see as we go into this foot washing that Jesus' heart 
is to help prepare his disciples. It's to invest in his disciples because he knows that when his hour, since it's at hand, it's going to shake the face of the earth and it is going to shake the disciples. So Jesus is doing what a leader does when he or she knows that hard times are coming. They work to prepare their people and to help them. So as we understand all of that, then we go into verse four and it says, so he, speaking of Jesus, got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. So I'm going to skip verses six through 10 and just summarize those for you. As Jesus does this and he pours this water into a basin and he's going around to the people, when he gets to Peter, we know Peter, right? Peter's always got something to say about everything. (laughs) And you got to love that about Peter. Peter says to Jesus, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus is like, you know, Peter, you don't understand what I'm doing now, but in the future you will. And Peter's like, no, you are not washing my feet. And then Jesus says, but if I don't wash your feet, you don't belong to me. So then Peter, again, remember the man with a really large mouth and a lot of opinions, not unlike most of us. Then he comes up with, well, okay, if that's what it takes to belong to you, then, you know, just wash all of me. And then Jesus says in verse 10, but he says, but Jesus replies, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. This is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. Okay, so let's stop there because we're talking today out of John 13 about love, betrayal, and the truth. So think about yourself right now at a family gathering or a meeting at work. And the leader of that meeting or the patriarch or the matriarch of your family says, hey, everybody, we've got a betrayer here. Or they say, uh, we've got somebody here that is about ready to renounce their faith or to backslide, or we've got a mole, or we've got a gossip here. Can you just imagine what would be going on in the hearts of the minds of the people that you work with or at the family gathering? Like, because the first question is, well, we've got a betrayer here. Well, we've got a gossip here. Who is it? I mean, do they think it's me? It's like all of that. So that's going on in this room. And you know that these emotions have to be being felt and be experienced. And remember, they're looking forward to the Passover. They're getting ready. And Jesus says, well, you disciples, you're all clean, but not all of you. So they've got to be looking around because these guys, now remember, they've been following Jesus for several years. They've seen fishes and loaves be multiplied. They've seen blind eyes be opened. They have experienced a lot with Jesus. They've seen the miraculous. And now Jesus says, but not all of you are clean. So in context a foot washing, in this day and age was done as a courtesy. It was considered a humble or a lowly task. And usually um, it's, it's done for guests, you know, and guests traveled long distances in sandals. So obviously they're in the desert, right? There's dirt, there's sand. So it's done as a courtesy to clean the feet. It's a humble task, right? And so usually 
it's, it's someone that was hired to do this task or the person that was of the lowliest stature. So this is why Peter is balking at this because for him and even for the others in the room, the leader, the Messiah, doesn't wash people's feet. So that's why Peter is saying something like, this is something that Peter hasn't seen before. People of a high position or reputation, they don't wash people's feet. So it's disruptive. And if you think about all of this, getting ready for the Passover, having that be something that's coming up. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Seeing a foot washing... And the man that you've been following as the Messiah, the Savior of the world, does the foot washing. This is disruptive. And Jesus' own words, not all of you are clean. I mean, we're talking, there's a lot going on in this room. And then in verse 12, it says, After washing their feet, he, of course, meaning Jesus, put on his robe and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash each other's feet. I've given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now... Now that you know to do these things, God will bless you for doing them. So truth number one today from love, betrayal, and the truth. Truth number one is Jesus is our example. And, you know, many times people want to focus on the foot washing, and I certainly understand that. It's quite an event, and that the Savior of the world would humble himself to wash his followers' feet is something. But there's so much substance here. One of the things is that that passage of Scripture says is that Jesus loved his disciples and that he loved them to the end. And at this moment, as they're preparing for the Passover and the events, Jesus knowing his hours at hand, Jesus is our example and he's loving his disciples to the end. He is serving them till the end. He is finishing well. And for all of us, and whatever our tasks are, be it at a public job, be in our home, wherever, 
We are to finish well. Jesus is our example, and he is showing consistency in the midst of hardship. You know, we can look at these stories in the Bible. We can understand that they're true, and they are true. The Bible is the absolute truth. Every single word in the Bible is true. He's showing consistency in the midst of hardship. This betrayal that we're talking about, where he's handed over, where Judas betrays him for 30 pieces of silver, this is the largest betrayal that has ever happened. This is the betrayal of the Son of God. Talk about hardship. Talk about heartache. Talk about what Jesus must be going through. And Jesus is showing his disciples consistency. He's showing them finishing well. He's showing them that even in the midst of betrayal, he is about his father's business. He says there, um, now that you know these things, God will bless you if you do them. The knowing and the doing. This reference is also referenced in the book of James, chapter 1 and verse 22. It talks about, it's not enough to just know the word of God, you have to do it. But the blessing is in knowing and doing the word of God. And in the, the online extras, the notes from today, I will include that passage on James 1.22 so that you can study it further. Because as we recognize God's word is the truth, the more that we read it, the stronger that our faith grows, the more that we see every chapter, every verse from Genesis to Revelation echoes each other. We see that that knowing and doing is not just here in John 13, but it is also in the book of James. And it helps to build our faith and to see how hard that God worked to show us who he is. When it says in the beginning, God, it means in the beginning, God. We see in this passage of scripture, in this foot washing, we see the one who is greatest doing the lowliest task. The disciples, the world hasn't seen this before. This is brand new. It's why it's so disruptive to them. They've never seen it done this way. And yet Jesus says, now that I've done this for you, you also ought to do this for each other. And again, today we're talking on love, betrayal, and the truth. And what Jesus is doing is he's not just telling the disciples what to do, though he is telling them what to do. He knows his hour is at hand. And he's letting them know this betrayal is going to rock the face of the earth and this betrayal is going to rock you. This betrayal is going to change the face of things. But don't let the betrayal so overtake you that you forget to love one another. You all, and that you forget the truth. Think about times in which you might have been betrayed in your life. There are all different kinds of betrayals. A spouse cheating on a spouse, that there's an affair, there's that betrayal. And that is one of the most serious betrayals. It breaks every level of covenant. I'm not saying that it can't be repaired, that it can't be forgiven. What I am saying is that it's a large betrayal and it takes both people working together with the help of God and the Holy Spirit to repair the damage, the break that's happened. Then there are other betrayals like gossip, talking behind someone's back, being friends with somebody to their face and being another way 
behind their back. We see things like this happen all the time. And if we're honest, there are times that all of us probably have done that to someone else. Betrayal hurts. And anyone that's been betrayed, you know that there can be that tendency to just focus on the betrayal and get jaded about everything, get hurt about everything, have the thoughts, well, can you trust anybody? Is this even worth it? All of those thoughts and emotions are a part of the human experience. But what Jesus is saying to them is, continue in what you know. Love each other. Do as I've done to you. Continue to serve one another out of love. And as we read through this chapter, we will see that the love that Jesus has for his father and for his disciples and the truth of who he is, the truth of knowing that he came from God and that he was going to return to God is what holds him through this betrayal. That's why I call today love, betrayal, and the truth. The love and the truth were what helped guide Jesus through the largest betrayal that's ever happened. And it's what he's giving to the disciples so that their faith, while it does get shaken, so that it doesn't completely throw them off course, they're able to come back to faith. Go with me now to verse 18. Jesus continues to talk. He says, I'm not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand. So when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. I tell you the truth. Anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the father who sent me. It goes on, it says, now Jesus was deeply troubled and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Remember again, we're talking about love, betrayal, and the truth. Now think about this whole scenario that they're getting ready for the Passover. They see this incredible foot washing, never seeing the person highest in position, stooping to wash the feet of his followers. He makes statements like, disciples, you are clean, but not all of you. And he says, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And if you look in Psalm 41.9, and again, I'll put this in the online extras. If you go to monicaschmelter.com, not only can you watch this teaching again, but in the online extras, the notes, the scriptures from today, this reference to Psalm 41.9, where it also prophesies this betrayal that will happen. In verse 22, it says, the disciples looked at each other wondering whom, whom he could mean. The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him to ask, um, who's he talking about? So that Jesus, uh, so that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? Jesus says, It's the one I give the bread I dip in the bowl. Now, the disciples (laughs) are totally unclear. Remember, they've spent years in earthly ministry ministering with one another. Jesus says, it's the one to whom I dip the bread in the bowl. So (laughs) 
<laughs> After he dips it, <laughs> Jesus gives it to Judas. And the disciples are still wondering, what does Jesus mean by this? They even speculate uh, with each other, well, um, like, who is it? What is happening? And so uh, Judas, <laughs> he gets up and he leaves. And so the disciples know that G Judas is the treasurer, and they still don't link it to Judas necessarily being the betrayer. They think, well, maybe Judas went to give money to the poor or went to go do something like that. And, you know, we know these stories because we have these verses. They didn't have the benefit of this. They had walked, talked, and served with Judas for all this time. And so they're not aware exactly of what Jesus is talking about. But again, Jesus is preparing them. He's letting them in on what's happening. In verse uh, 31, it says, as soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, the time has come for the son of man to enter into his glory and God will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the son, he will give his own glory to the son and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So truth number two is our love for one another is the proof. And I want you to note that in the midst of the biggest betrayal ever, Jesus just keeps on investing in his disciples. And he says to them, this betrayal is going to happen, but what I want you to do is to love each other because your love for each other is the proof that you are my disciples. He's letting them know, don't give in to this betrayal, the hurt, the jaded, all of that that's going to happen, but love each other. And we need to understand from these scriptures that in the betrayals that come our way, be it gossip at work or at church or betrayal in the marriage, we can remain in his love. And when I say remain in his love, I do not mean being a doormat. There are situations that we have to excuse ourselves from, but we can still love and we can still forgive. We can be strongly rooted in who Christ is. In verse 36, Simon Peter says, but Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. And Peter says, but why can't I come now, Lord? He asked, I'm ready to die for you. And Jesus said, die for me. I tell you the truth, Peter, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Truth number three, we don't know everything. And you're like, well, Monica, I know we don't know everything, but we think we do. Peter says, I'm ready to die for you. And yet he wasn't ready to die. Jesus corrected him. He's like, before tomorrow comes, you will have denied that you even know me three times. We don't know if we're ready or not. There's a scripture in Jeremiah, and again, I'll put that up on the online extras in the notes from today that talks about how the human heart is most deceitful. 
desperately wicked and that sometimes we don't know what dwells there. I really don't think Peter knew. I really think Peter thought he was ready. And there are many times in our life that we think that we're ready for certain things spiritually or certain things financially or at work. And many times we're not as ready as we think. If you think about it, when a a student learns how to drive, you know, at age 16, let's say, parents may say to them, yes, you can drive to the store or to the mall with your friends. You can do that. Same student asks if they can take a four-hour trip to Atlanta or someplace. Parents are like, no. Student is like, but it's the same principle. It's driving. Mm Mm-hmm. It's driving, but there's a lot more stop signs, a lot more yield signs, a lot more opportunities, right, to get a ticket, to speed, for the car to break down. And if the student's car breaks down four hours away, it's harder for mom and dad to get there. It's harder to get a tow truck there. So what do parents, what do good parents do? They help steward their children's lives by saying yes and no, depending on how ready that their child is for certain things. And Jesus does the same thing for us. Today, as we talk about love, as we talk about betrayal, and we talk about the truth, understand that we don't always know exactly what's in our heart. Sometimes circumstances, things happen, press in on our lives, And there are sometimes a few things that come up that we think, wow, I didn't even know that that amount of anger was in me. Ooh, I didn't know that a good Jesus-loving girl, Bible study girl like me could say that or could do that. Sometimes we get found out. And in this case, Peter does get found out. But Jesus is still investing and preparing him. I firmly believe the reason that's recorded in Scripture is that Jesus still wanted Peter to know, yep, you're going to deny me. That betrayal is going to happen, but I'm still here for you. He's saying to all the disciples, I want you to love. I want you to serve one another. He wants us to know, the word of God wants us to know that betrayals will come in this life. Now, today we're talking about the largest betrayal that's ever happened, and that's betraying the son of God. But in the midst of that, Jesus prepared his disciples. He led the way. He loved them, the scripture says, until the end. And he held on to the truth of God, that he came from God and that he was returning to God. And you all, we, in terms of love, betrayal, and the truth, need to understand and benefit from we were put on this earth by God And if we believe in Christ and name the name of Christ, at the end of our time, we will return to God. Betrayal is going to come and life in a fallen world. But when and if it comes your way, I want you to hang on to the truth of God's word. And today's truth is, even in the midst of betrayal, even in the midst of like all that upheaval, the hurt, the pain, all that 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 brings up inside of us in terms of betrayal, even in the midst of betrayal, his truth and love give us everything that we need. We're out of time for today, but I encourage you to get today's notes 
go to monicaschmelter.com and in the online extras there will be notes and the scripture references from today. This is Love, Betrayal, and the Truth. I'm out of time, but I say goodbye and God bless you. Two weeks old in an iron lung, which is, you know, like a sealed oxygen unit, uh, fighting for my life. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe properly. I, and apparently I didn't make a sound um, from the day I was born because my lungs were all messed up. That's Martin Smith of Delirious sharing a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.